Welcome to Tricky Fish, a conversation between a Gen X dad and his millennial daughter. Here's your hosts, Ian and Rhiannon. Hello, Tricky Fish listeners. As you know, we are currently on hiatus for the holidays and will return after the start of the new year. We hope your holidays have been good to you. This is the inaugural Tricky Fish end of the year review episode. Unlike those episodes of television where the characters sit around and quote unquote reminisce, which happens to be clips from episodes you already watched, this episode of the podcast is going to give you clips that were cut for various reasons. Some were cut because they completely derailed the episode, some because it caused the episode to drag. These are presented in no particular order. In any case, these have never been heard until now. So, sit back with your favorite beverage and enjoy the goodness. Whereas if you go into like, like you can't, I don't think you can go into Taco Bell and get a Mexican pizza anymore. Like they discontinued that. And it's like gone forever? That's my understanding. I don't really eat at Taco Bell because it gives me a run for the border, but... I don't mean to, to like show my ADD here, but how did we get talk? How did we get to Starbucks from love languages? That's a good question. How did we get here? Cue that one song. Um, Letting the days go by. No. Well, the rolling thunder. That's the song of the week. That one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how we got to Starbucks, but I guess this is a great place to kind of wrap it up. Well, no, you were talking about words of affirmation for your fellow employees. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, to be fair, like, to be fair. so while I don't know much about aliens or UFOs or things like that, I would think if anybody was an alien, it would be Bowie. I am fairly certain and Bowie Prince. and Prince both mm-hmm. are aliens. Yeah. Like, right now, I'm going to tell you, um, because I love them maybe both. Maybe even Michael Jackson. Like, I don't think he's the same caliber of a musician personally. I just don't like him. But I recognize that he still did have an incredible influence on everything he touched. And he was fucking crazy. (laughs) So, uh, I mean. I would put Michael Jackson up there just because, like, even though he had a lot of people that were helping him out musically, he knew enough about music. I don't know how many instruments he knew how to play, if he knew how to play any. I feel like a lot. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, and yeah, go ahead and look that up. But I feel like, but he always had his hand in what he was doing. He didn't just, it wasn't hands off like a lot of artists do today, where they just go in and they sing and then it's a bunch of other people that are like, no, you got to do it this way. All right, like we're going to do the beats this way. And they're like, okay, whatever, I'm just going to sing. But I wouldn't have a problem putting Michael Jackson up there with Prince. I changed my mind because the first thing that came up, Oh, I should save this so I can source this. Um, So it says, Jackson couldn't read or write music at all. Contrary to received wisdom, he could play instruments a bit. He's credited as playing keyboards, synthesizer, guitar, drums, and percussion, uh, but none proficiently. So, like, he wasn't even necessarily really that good of a musician. He was just a singer and a dancer. Which is not undermining that, just saying I had given him more credit than I should have. Right. And I see where you're coming from with that. Here's why I will still put him up there. Even though he wasn't prolific in the way that, say, Prince was. Because Prince played almost all the instruments on a lot of his albums. And so did Bowie, didn't he? I don't, yeah, I don't know I'm about gonna, that. I'm, gonna go I'm pretty Bowie. sure Bowie was probably pretty talented in that. I just like Bowie in general, a lot of his music. That was one of Gus's favorite creators, too. I mean, if I were to rank them, I, you know, from 
who I think best to worst, I would definitely rank it. It's Prince, Bowie, Michael Jackson. So, hold on, I'm trying to pull up Wikipedia. So sorry, internet. This is going to get edited out anyway. Please hold. <laughs> um, let's see. Are you looking to see if Bowie played instruments? Yes. So for instruments, he did vocals, guitar, keyboard, saxophone, and harmonica. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But he was also a singer, songwriter, and an actor. So he was doing all sorts of projects. Yes. But he was really prolific, too. That's the other thing, too, is Prince, Michael Jackson, and Bowie, they all have really prolific careers Mm -hmm. that were very chaotic revolutionize the music industry in their own perspectives. Right. You know, so if anyone could have been an alien that came and just integrated into society, I think it could be them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What if that's why Bowie and Prince and Michael Jackson and other people, insert here, all died so young? It's because they made too much noise. Well, they drew too much attention to how much of an alien they I, They weren't that young. Prince is in his 50s. I think he's like 56. Comparative to human life, that's young. Okay, sure, but I'm just saying, like, Jimi Hendrix died young. Yes, Kurt Cobain he died would young. be one, too. Cobain would be one, too. So, well, no, because, yeah, I don't know. I am not saying that because <laughs> we're getting paid to plug Disney+. Plus. I'm we're saying not. that. <laughs> I'm saying that because Disney+, Plus they just put out Hawkeye, uh, Shang-Chi is now available to watch, Jungle Cruise is now available to watch. I actually just watched through, they organized the Marvel movies in timeline order, and I just finished rewatching through them in that way. I saw that. I was like super amazed they took that time to, to do, rather than just, if you want to know, if you want to watch these in chronological order, just go Google it. Well, that's what we did so far. Like somebody actually did sit down and figure them out uh, before a couple of the latest movies were released. And so last year, Gus and I had a Marvel mo- Marvel movie marathon. <laughs> Where every time I saw him, we would watch like one or two of the next movies. And we had to Google it every time. Right. (laughs) So this made my life so much easier. I will say that I am just so, I've been just so incredibly busy between the podcast work and my own writing stuff. I just have not had time to go back. And every time I think about going and watching those in their timeline order, I just fold. I'm like, I give up. That's like way too much, too much time that I'm spending on not my own stuff. But um, <laughs> the other thing, too, is like there is a thing that they have out called the Razor something. It's like a Razor order or something for Star Wars. Um, hmm. It came out before the sequel trilogy. So basically what it is, you can Google it to get the exacts. But basically what you would do to make the sequels, quote unquote, better is you would watch. Star Wars, A New Hope. I have heard of like a crazy order for Star Wars movies, but you're the most, the most fanatic Star Wars fan I have in my life. So nobody else has been like, let's sit down and do it. But I would if somebody did. Right. So what you would do is you would watch A New Hope. You'd watch Empire Strikes Back. So spoilers, but this movie, these movies are so old at this point. If you haven't seen them, I'm sorry. It spoils you. Yeah, it's by choice. But you would watch A New Hope, then Empire Strikes Back. With Empire Strikes Back, it ends with the reveal that Darth Vader is Luke's father. And then instead of going to Return of the Jedi, as it was originally released, 
you would then switch over to the prequels. And you can watch The Phantom Menace, but it adds absolutely nothing to this whole thing. And Except, except Jar Jar Binks well, being you, the ultimate Sith Lord. If that's true and they gave that up, that would have been a much more interesting way to go with it. Okay, but, but hold on. So here's the logic. I understand people are like, he's just so stupid. But okay, everything he does is so fantastically stupid that he's just messing things up and left and right yet he somehow still gets a seat in the senate later if he's so stupid and just fucks everything up how does he end up in a position of power okay so this is where (laughs) you called me a fanatic this is where i actually show i'm not a fanatic in that sense (laughs) Uh, in terms of the sense that you're talking about Yes, out of all the people you know in your life, I am the one who knows the most about Star Wars, the one that's most into it. But I'm not super, like it's not a religion. It's not my identity mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So I don't know if they ever explained it. I obviously have not read every single Star Wars novel or comic book or whatever. And if there's any of you out there, they're like, well, you're not a Star Wars fan if you haven't consumed all of it. Kindly F off because... You can be a fan, just watch the movies. You don't have to watch all the other stuff. But anyway, off my soapbox there. So I don't know if there was any other outside source material that explained it. In my head canon, my thing is that, because if you remember in The Phantom Menace, the Naboo, Nabooians, right. the Nabonista, whatever you would call them, the humans, they... We're not getting along with the Gungans, the race that Jar Jar's from. Okay. Then they get invaded by the Trade Federation. They come together and now they're like, all right, we're going to be pals. And then there's representation in the Galactic Senate. And I would think that the Gungans are like, we also want to be part of this. And maybe any figure of its Queen Amidala, she's probably going, yes, we should include them in these things. So when it comes time, the Gungans are like, we need to pick a representative and they Why cannot would they choose someone who's, who's consistently a jackass. Okay. Listen, if it wasn't intentional. Okay. But listen, putting aside the Sith Lord thing. Okay. If you take that completely out, they give him the Senate role because it gets them out of Odagunga or whatever the say the city's called. Okay. Gungan city. They're like, we don't want this dude here. Get him the heck out. And so Sending him to the Senate, he's on Coruscant. Now, my understanding of how the planets are laid out is that Naboo is an outer rim planet, and so it's really super far away from Coruscant, right? That city planet that you see. So imagine you had somebody that you hated, that you couldn't stand, even if it's not hate, maybe you just like, ah, this person's annoying. And you had the I chance. Have lots of people I feel that way about. Sure. So imagine that instead of like, choosing a more extreme option like killing them or like imprisoning them in a deep underground bunker and throwing away the key. Imagine that you can send those people away from you like a billion light years away. So they're still alive, but they're out of your hair. So So the logic here is that they hate Jar Jar Binks more than they want to establish a good political standing with the rest of the universe. I didn't get that they hated Jar Jar Binks. I just think they got that they were annoyed by him. I mean, 
maybe it's just bad timing with our political environment right now, but I just feel like if I was in charge of an entire planet or an entire like race of people, I wouldn't make the decision to send the person I dislike the most to be in charge of our representation in political affairs but that's literally what happened in america so what if donald trump is a sith lord (sighs) he's too dumb to be a sith lord but somebody else could be pulling those strings oh there's definitely people pulling strings but i wouldn't consider trump to be one of those pulling the strings anyway to draw that back but if you think about it like when you look at some of the people that we have in congress now people like marjorie taylor green and laura bobert it's really not that difficult of a stretch to think that the Gungans might have kicked Jar Jar to the Senate. I don't think it was that level. I think it was just they wanted him out of their hair, and they're like, that will send him far away. I almost feel like in this instance, any any politic, uh, and like any political position is, isn't revered as much as it would be by humans. Well, probably not. They're like, oh, you want to go deal with the Senate? Fine, go deal with that. <laughs> but bringing it back, you don't have to watch. You can you can watch The Phantom Menace if you want to, but it's not required. But you do mm-hmm. want to watch Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And the reason for that mm-hmm. is because those movies act as a flashback. So Darth Vader's like, I am your father. And then you watch those two movies and it's a flashback of Vader when he was younger um, as Anakin and his fall to the dark side. So when you get to the end of attack of the Sith, I mean, excuse me, revenge of the Sith, then you watch return of the Jedi. And then the whole thing is just the, the story of Vader's rise and fall and redemption. A redemption arc. Okay. Okay. I mean, Okay. See, that's the thing. If I had somebody in my life that was like, hey, let's marathon all the Star Wars movies. Like, if they got joy out of it, then I would do that. But it's not something I would necessarily do on my own. I have watched it in that in that order. Although I included The Phantom Menace, which was super painful for me. I'm not a fan of that movie. I used to say that The Phantom Menace is the answer to the question of how you can make a horrible Star Wars movie. <laughs> No, because check this out, like watching, like the pod race is 30 minutes long or something like that. It's really long. And because a lot of that is CG, computer generated mm-hmm. graphics, it feels like I'm watching someone play a video game. I'm sure that was the intention. If your intention is to make it like you're watching a video game, you failed. And you know, what's funny is my husband is obsessed with Ghostbusters and he loves the original three. Are there three or two? Okay, so that, that were that were made four. Pre, okay, not okay. Like so before, there's before the female one. Okay, two. So it's just Ghostbusters okay. and Ghostbusters two. So he loved those, and then when the female one came out, he, as an avid fan, hates it. And like his his whole thing is that. He appreciates what it was trying to do, but the action scene, like at the end, the way that he describes it is that they had 30 writers in a room trying to come up with ideas and they couldn't decide on what they wanted to do. So they included everything. And he's just like, if you take any one aspect of the like final scene 
it would have been a dope movie but they just put so much in that more often than not we were sitting there being like okay what's going on here and I get that as somebody who does not really like Ghostbusters is cool but I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch him you know and I appreciated the female movie for as like a separate piece of media not as part of the series which I'm told was the intention but the new Ghostbusters Ghostbusters just came out um number three the afterlife one and it was so good I loved it It so you've seen it yes okay and so I like that one a lot more then he liked the female version but there's like some controversy w- where the actors from the female version are talking about how like it's disrespectful that there was no inclusion for them in this part of the franchise but they made this movie as a remake where it did not include the original ghostbusters there were no reference to the original ghostbusters they were like trying to redo it entirely and then it ended up flopping okay so let me talk to that because i love ghostbusters like I grew up in that demographic that just fell in love with the first one. I was not a huge fan of the second one. Although going back older and looking at it, I can appreciate it a little bit better than back in the time. The thing with the Ghostbusters 2016, which is what they're calling it to differentiate it from the other ones is I didn't think that that movie was as bad as most people were making it out to be. But that being said, it was certainly not a good movie. And Paul is absolutely right about that ending. It felt like they were just throwing everything in the kitchen sink. Honestly, that movie... Okay, so the original Ghostbusters was a horror movie with comedic elements. It was not a comedy with horror elements. Horror elements, yeah. Whereas Ghostbusters 2016 completely missed that mark. And they made it a comedy with horror elements. And not only that, but the... A main female character, I forget her name, but she just was negative and harpy the whole time. Like, there was no comic relief. It was just, like, Debbie Downer the whole time. Uh, are you talking about the Kristen Wiig character? Yes. Okay. Not, so, the, not the Holtzman character, but the other one. Okay, so let me let me speak to that. Because one of the hugely disappointing things about that movie for me... So you... You announce that here's a Ghostbuster movie. It's going to have a female, an all-female cast. Okay? Mm-hmm. I certainly see where people would be a little upset. They want to see the original Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have loved to have seen, you know, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, the rest of them come back. But for reasons unrelated to this movie, it just wasn't happening. Yeah. yeah. So... I can see where people might be a little upset over that. If your reason for getting upset is, oh, they turned it into females. If just looking at that solely is your problem, then you're an idiot. Okay. I agree. Just swapping out characters for different gender. Now, if they, here's my thing, because those characters are new characters. They're not Egon and Spangler and them. So it's not like they took the original Ghostbuster characters and Mm -hmm. just gender swapped them which I would agree is like kind of horrible, but they didn't do that. It was new characters. The fact that they didn't hook it to the original two movies. Yeah. I totally can get why you would be upset with that because it did. That movie absolutely did present itself as if that, that those other movies did not happen. Yeah. So like no homage to the original setup or anything of any kind. Right. It was, it was a remake, not like a, 
like a reboot. Well, I wouldn't call it a remake because a remake, they didn't do a lot of the same things. There were similar beats and there was a few things that was similar to the original movies, but by and large, it had a lot of different stuff in it. I would yeah. call it a, a reboot. That's what I would call it. Okay. But then you announce who the actresses are and you have Kristen Wiig, you have Kate McKinnon. Um, at the mm-hmm. time, I was not really familiar with Leslie Jones and you had... Uh, and Paul Paul loved Kate McKinnon's role as like the Egon type character. Kate McKinnon was uh, absolutely the amazing. high point for me in that I movie. Agree. Absolutely. But I'm trying to remember what the other actresses. I don't know, but everything I see her in, like I, that, I forget her name. God damn, I'm so sorry. Internet, Melissa McCarthy. Yes, I feel like she gets typecasted as the like fat comedy relief friend in everything. Yeah, unfortunately. But here's the thing. All of those actresses have comedic chops. Like if you watch them in other things. So early on, Melissa McCarthy really wasn't getting too typecast, but a lot of the successful roles she had did typecast her into that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because there are movies where you see her doing things that are not that typical Melissa McCarthy thing that everybody thinks of when, when Mm -hmm. you mention her name and she's a really good actress. She can pull it off. But anyway, you get this cast and it's like, okay, these guys are going to be funny. I've seen the other stuff. You know, and a lot of people at the time were like, well, I don't know Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon at the time, her biggest thing was Saturday Night Live. I was going to say her whole thing is comedy with, with SNL. Yes. And I would highly suggest if you think, if you saw this movie and you're like, I don't find Kate McKinnon funny, go look up the Saturday Night Live skits that she is in. She is absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. But coming back to that, so they announced this and it's like, okay, it's going to at least be a comedy, even if they're not doing it. All right, whatever. I'm on, Okay, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. But then you get this movie and it was a colossal waste of these actresses' talents. Yeah. It wasn't funny. It was lame jokes. Uh, you had Bill Murray's cameo where they knock him out a window, which I felt was kind of disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Hemsworth showing up and kind of flipping the Janine character on its head. That was that was kind of funny. Um, okay, but here's the thing, though. Chris Hemsworth's character was, like, really fucking stupid. A fumbling idiot. Janine was just sass. Yes. Like, she was still intelligent. She could still keep up. She gave Egon a run for his money all the time. So, like, there was a lot of cleverness and sass. Whereas Chris Hemsworth's character, which I know isn't him directly, but, like, that character was just fucking stupid. Just consistently dumb. Yes. And, and I, I think that was, I think that was a, not a stereotype, but a, um, I think it was a commentary on how most female roles in that situation are like set up to be stupid. And so I understand it was like, most of the time it's females that are dumb secretaries. And now it's Chris Hemsworth who's super hot. And now he's a stupid secretary. But like, why take that stance with the Ghostbusters? Okay, exactly. You could take that concept and totally make it work with the right material. It did not work in Ghostbusters 2016. And this shows a larger problem with movies. A lot of people want to say, oh, well, the reason why, you know, people don't like the female Ghostbusters movie is because misogyny. That is not it at all. Step back. That script is horrible. 
It did nothing for those actresses. Those actresses are, you look at any of their other movies, they're very clearly talented. This movie wasted that. You had this over-reliance on, well, we're going to make women look big and badass at the expense of men. And that's just, that's just dumb. Okay. And it's misandrous. I'm going to call it. Okay. You can take female characters and make them powerful and make them work without doing it at the expense of men. Now you can say, well, men have been doing this at the expense of women for decades. And I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. But two wrongs don't make a right. If you're trying to correct that trajectory, the way to correct it is not to just do it, but just swap the genders. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's just not going to work. So he comes in and he's just dumb for the sake of being dumb. Yeah. I hate it. And then you have the villain at the end who just his whole reason for doing what he's doing. I'm going to let all these ghosts out and destroy the world because nobody likes me. There's a lot of people that don't, uh, I feel like that's a lot of energy and effort to go through just because he is lonely. And so that's the whole thing is like, there's no real depth to any of these characters. No, it's basically, they're basically using an incel. They were trying to cash in on Ghostbusters and trying to rake in on the nostalgia like most companies do and it just didn't turn out well and that's a them problem but I mean I do feel for them that they probably did go into that because I don't get the sense that they were phoning in their uh performances I think they were doing just a bad movie like the director just made some bad choices the producer the studio somebody has Somebody who has real power to make decisions just chose wrong is basically what I was trying to say. Well, yeah. And I would agree with you on that. And I'm sorry that the women feel left out and are not acknowledged, but that's what happens when you set your thing outside of the Ghostbusters universe. When you make your movie to be its own insular thing and act like this other Ghostbusters stuff never happened how do you get included into a universe that acknowledges that those Ghostbusters existed, that that Stay Puft Marshmallow Man event happened? Exactly. Okay, like, I'm sorry. How, how would you be included when you didn't even leave that open? Well, obviously they didn't, but like they, they didn't make it open when they, because from what I'm told, the whole plan was to like do the female movie as if it was Ghostbusters 1 and then remake the whole series do a whole new platform and like kind of start it all over again and that's one of those examples of capitalism where like they're like you know what nostalgia will make people spend money they'll all come to this that'll be enough we'll just start selling mass amounts of junk and it didn't work out because like sure you got the name and some of the science and things but like it still wasn't ghostbusters at heart and then with ghostbusters afterlife did you know that the no spoilers because I haven't seen this it. One, no, I'm, I'm not going to. But the director who directed Afterlife is the son of who directed Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. So and Ivan I'm Reitman like, directed shows. the first two Ghostbusters. Jason Reitman did this one. Jason was actually on the set 
of he was in the movie yeah he was in the movie as well and like one and two so like you know that birthday party where they are asking for like he man or something and this kid comes up and he's like my dad says you're full of shit and he's like well you know people could be wrong he's like no my dad says you're just full of shit that's him yeah yeah but here's my take on, on on the thing i think you can do a sequel with the female cast and have it be its own thing and just in a mm-hmm. different, I don't know, parallel dimension or whatever. But if you make a second female Ghostbusters. I don't, th- I don't think they will because they lost money on the first one. Oh, yeah, they're probably not. But if I were making a second female-led Ghostbusters with that cast, I will tell you right now, I absolutely would watch a Ghostbusters movie with that cast, provided that the script was good, provided that they weren't lazy and, you know, relied on stupid tropes, you know, crafted an actual intelligent movie. Yeah. I would love to see them get a second chance. I mean, I don't see that happening just because, you know, the thing, but, but you have to come to the table with a good script, not a script that's going to be like, Oh, we're going to make the female characters better and all the men characters bumbling. The other thing too is this kind of idea that just because it's a female led script and I feel like Hollywood gets lazy with these type movies, you put this thing out, it's all women and they talk about female empowerment and this is for the women and whatever. And there's nothing wrong with movies aimed at women. Just like there's no, nothing wrong with movies aimed at men. However, that being said, I will say this, they do this and they make it, for the, the female audience. Okay. And it's still, I'm pretty sure it's still directed by men though. And that's the issue. Okay. Regardless of who it is, it's what they're directing that at. They're directing it at a demographic. All movies have a demographic in mind. If mm-hmm. you're making a kid's movie, you are not aiming it at the, the demographic of single adult men who do not have kids or couples who do not have kids. You're aiming it for the kids. The kids, and then the parents are going to bring their kids to it. That's what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. If you are making a movie that is just for women only, men probably aren't going to come to see that. That's not the target demographic. Yeah, but the point that I'm bringing up is like, let's say that you're doing a chick flick romance movie, right? I feel like the the issue is that most of Hollywood is run by men. <laughs> And so they have the like the intention of we're going to create this chick flick for chicks, but it's all geared from an understanding of what men think women want and from their personal experiences with things. I so don't know. I would disagree with that mark. based on the rom-coms I've seen. But like, that's what I'm saying though, is like they try, they get kind of close, but they still miss it a lot. What was his name in, in the labyrinth? Jericho? No. Is it, is it was his name? You're talking about David Bowie? Yeah. In the labyrinth? It starts with the J. Oh my God, he just totally threw me. I think it's... J- Jared? Jareth? I'm going to look that up real quick because it's going to bug the crap out of me. Jarek? No, I'm pretty sure it's Jareth. Labyrinth fans everywhere are hating me so much right now. I'm sorry, you guys. I've only I, seen it. You know what? Times. I at least made the reference. Okay. 
Right, but here's <laughs> here's my feeling on that. It's like if you're gonna get butt hurt that somebody didn't get the name of the character correct because you're like like someone like okay I love Darth Vader but if somebody said Dark Vader you know Dark I I wouldn't be like oh my god you suck you I didn't. give the name Darth Vader anytime that someone's like can I get a name for your order I just say Darth Vader because Rhiannon is weird and I'm not trying to fuck around with it and people do put Dark with a K. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm cool with dark. I'm, I, it's close enough. You can't win for anything, right? But my thing with, Dang. with, with getting upset because somebody didn't get your favorite character. Um, hey. Jareth. It is Jareth. Oh, nice. Um, you know what you remind me of? Who me? Yeah, you remind me of the babe. Are we talking about the fat baseball player that? Calls his no, home run. The babe with the power. The pig. No, the babe with the power. Are you talking about Jack Jack? <laughs> I was trying to quote the da- the fucking labyrinth to you. You're like you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of who? Do you do? Do what? Remind me of the babe. Yeah. Okay. So here's the I thing. I was trying to have that exchange with you. I tried, guys. <laughs> I can try. I like that movie, but I honestly have not seen it in forever. I keep meaning to buy it on uh, DVD or Blu-ray, and it's just—I don't know. It's just one of those things that just comes I... into my head at a time that I'm not like right now. I'm talking about it. Okay, but I'm not gonna be sitting there doing the order while I'm you know doing what? this episode. You know what I would love? What if? People care enough about it. Maybe we can do a live stream on Twitch sometime in the future where we commentate on the labyrinth. I <laughs> think like, that like, might be getting into copyright. Ooh, that's fair. Okay, well then we they, we can record our reactions. We I'll I'll look into it and see if it's doable. We can have like a movie night and we can just talk about this wonderful movie. I love it. It's, it's it's it is a good movie. I just have it's on par for like Rocky Horror Picture Show for me. I love Rocky where, Horror like, Picture it's Show. It's one of those occult movies where I don't necessarily want to vibe with it all the time, but it's one of those like if if Rocky is on, you fucking watch it. If the Labyrinth is on, you fucking watch it. Yeah, I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. The but yeah, I have it's been decades since I've seen Labyrinth. And again, like right now I'm like, "Oh, I got to order that." But, you know, I'm not going to stop and do it in the middle of the episode <laughs> to buy a movie. Yeah, so, but I, mean, I have it. We could, we could watch it. Yeah, we'll probably have to. <laughs> as far as solving real world problems, we'll just kind of end on this. I think that you brought up that we tend to like look at the financial mm-hmm. thing. Where we're at today, it seems like our political leaders, they certainly can find, uh, and by political leaders, I mean Republicans, Although there are corporate Democrats that fall into this as well, but they certainly can find the money for the tax cuts for the already wealthy corporations. But the moment you start talking about doing things for the average American, things like health care, which is a human right, I believe. And we can certainly talk about this. Probably this is going to be something that's better for its own Mm -hmm. episode. But it's like once you start talking about helping people, everyday people, then all of a sudden like, oh, where are we going to get this money or whatever? Well, you know, it's because they all do lobbying. So all of lobbying like, is huge. friends yeah. are paying for each other's pay cuts. That It's all just 
a constant money laundering scheme. I hate the stock market so much. <laughs> I hate digital currency, cryptocurrency. Like I, I get that it's awesome and people love it. I just, I see so much corruption in it and I'm so angry that humans are like this, but you know, what's interesting is here in America, there's the like liberals, very left leaning, right leaning. Everyone is very like politically labeled and set in their ways. In other parts of the country, they teach that Democrats and Republicans are both on the right or left or whatever, that they are both two heads to the same hydra. In America, especially, we don't have a left. We have a far right yeah. that has gotten pushed really far right into fascism and autocracy. And as a result, the Overton window has gotten shifted. So what what is considered left today, so like, for example, Biden is president as of this mm-hmm. episode, whether you agree to it or not. <laughs> Biden, if you look at Biden and his principles and things he believes in, mm-hmm. that is very much the beliefs of what used to be like a moderate Republican. Yep. And I actually, when I looked into it, I the original, original beliefs of when the party system was created, I personally agreed with a lot of Republican points. Like, I, I got it. But the way that things have morphed on any side, any political side, again, I just see so much corruption. And I get sure. so angry with humans because we have all this potential, we have resources, and then we have resources that we are vastly burning through and do not have a way to replace. But those are the ones that we decided to build our society on for some reason versus the ones that are sustainable and renewable. Sure. And I'm By just the way, like, why? I'm going to predict that the reviews for this show gonna are like, going to be something like, liberal, it was really, <laughs> it was really great until they started talking about politics. Yeah. I would have given it five stars, but then he started talking about politics. That's why I had to knock off four. <laughs> <laughs> kind of want to apologize for just completely lobbing like politics on not, the end of that. This not, has been an, an emotional roller coaster every episode, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, so all right, that brings to a close our end of year review. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back in 2022. Have a year. And this has been another episode of Tricky Fish. If you liked what you heard and want more of us, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Reviews and comments really help us out, so feel free to leave us one. Otherwise, you can find us at trickyfishpodcast.com and Twitter at trickyfishpod.